Hi there and welcome to Inside Rugby League, the podcast brought to you by the Yorkshire Evening Post. My name's Richard Byram and joining me again on the line this week is my colleague Peter Smith. Peter's the Yorkshire Evening Post Chief Rugby League Writer and he also contributes pieces to our sister paper, the Yorkshire Post. And it's fair to say that this week's a busy one for Peter. He's got a league game for Leeds Rhinos on Wednesday and then a cup game at the weekend. And, but they were expecting two very different teams, I believe, Pete, for the games. Yeah, that's right. Um, of the team which beat Hull KR last week, only two of the 17 have been named in the initial squad to face Catalans on Wednesday. So Richard Agar making no secret of the fact he's focusing on the Challenge Cup semi-final this uh, weekend on Saturday against Wigan with only three days between the games. I, I always like to think um, coaches should play the strongest available lineup, but with just three days between games, that's just not possible no. in this case. Um, I think Agar, Rich Agar has done what he had to do. He's named an, a virtually entirely different team for the uh, Catalans game to the one that will face Wigan. He said there might be one or two places up for grabs. Jack Walker's due to play for the first time since February against Catalans and it'll be um, a big one for him to prove that he's back to fitness, match fitness, as well as um, his broken foot has fully healed. He might come in for the Saturday game. I think others like Luke Briscoe, um, Adam Cuthbertson and um, possibly Conrad Hurrell will also be pushing for a place along with Brad Dwyer. But I think that's that's all really. It's going to be a case of let's see what the young players can do. There's eight potential debutants in the 21-man squad. Richard Agar has confirmed that six of them are going to play. Um, one of the eight is a 16-year-old. Levi Edwards, who would be the youngest player to appear for Leeds in Super League if he were to be picked. Um, Richard said that's unlikely, but it's it's interesting that he's getting involved in a matchday squad. He's going to be warming up with the team, and that's a name to remember. He's very highly thought of by Rhino's coaching staff, Levi Edwards, a kid from Siddle, second rower. Um, he's just come up from the under-16s, but he's already training with the first team. And he's somebody that Leeds expect to go on and, and be a Super League player within the next few years. So it's interesting that he's been named in the squad. There's one or two others who've been waiting an opportunity. People like Sam Walters and Jared O'Connor. And we'll get a look at James Harrison, who is on loan from Featherstone Rovers. He's a player Leeds have been watching for a while They've taken advantage of the fact that Featherson aren't playing again this season to call him up on loan, and he's going to going to get a go there. They're, they've given him an opportunity to show what he can do in a full time environment. This is the first chance he's got to play, so he'll be out to point, prove a point. I think it's going to be a very tall order for Leeds to get a result. I think realistically, the, the best they can hope for is to be competitive. But it's good to see that these young players get a chance and um, and let's hope that, that some of them show they belong at the top level and, and can have a big future in the game. Yes, yeah, certainly. I think we've said many times on this show that we'd always hope that the two competitions would be kept honest by the teams that were fielded in them. But I think at times as well, 
you to accept, as you've just said there, that it's impossible really to feel the full strength Rhinos team on Wednesday and then expect them to do a job against Wigan on Saturday. And therefore, the flip side of the coin that we've often talked about, the chance that's being given to young players to have a go in Super League or to get a feel of it, it would seem that's what's happening with Levi Edwards, a full taste of what it's like to be involved with the first team. And that can only benefit the game and those players in the longer term. And, uh, you know, it'd be, as you say, eight debutants, quite, quite amazing. And I wouldn't think, apart from maybe the very first Leeds team that played, they've thrown that many in to one game uh, um, to make their start. Uh, you know, and obviously wish them all well. Hopefully they'll be, uh, you know, as you say, competitive. I think it'd be a big ask for them to beat uh, Catalans. But also, I believe as well, that Harrison and O'Connor, they're the sons of... Uh, famous rugby league players are they? Carl uh, uh, oh, yeah. Harrison and Terry O'Connor, the the Wigan guy yeah, who's the commentator now. That's right. And here's a little fun fact for you. Um, I was looking up the background to some of these youngsters just a few minutes ago, and um, two of them are Christmas Day All right. birthdays, <laughs> which is. <laughs> I mean, I don't suppose it's that unusual, is it? But but to, um, to have two players that. Have, a similar birthday, not not in the same year, but um, I think both Edwards and Walters were were Christmas Day babies. So, right. <laughs> so that's just a, a bizarre little fact. Yeah, that um, to throw into to conversations at parties. Um, <laughs> I think that it is a bit of a shame that the Catalans games come along now, and that that's the word that Richard Agar's used: it's a shame, because it's fourth versus fifth, and it it would be a a cracker probably tie the tie the round in normal circumstances, but as we mentioned, the the fact that it's a midweek game, it's just not realistic to play a full strength um, team. We saw when Hull played Castleford a couple of weeks ago in the cup, backing up on a Sunday from from Thursday games, it does have an impact. Um, it's just not possible to play modern rugby league, particularly the, the new style of non-stop game we've got with the, the six again and no scrums. You just can't play two games in a week um, at, at the highest level, unfortunately. Um, I think Richard Agar has done the right thing by arresting people. And these youngsters have been training with the first team. They deserve an opportunity. So let's, um, let's see how they go. It'll be interesting to see what squad... Uh, Steve McNamara, the Catalans coach, puts out because they back up on Sunday against your team, um, Wakefield Trinity. So he's named a very strong 21, but I wouldn't be surprised if he arrests a couple in light of what Leeds' squad is. Yeah. But Catalans need the win. They're, um, they're in fifth, but they've lost the last three League and Cup games and they need to get back to winning ways. So I don't, I don't think Steve can take too many chances to be honest so I think it will be a it will be a strong Cat Catalan team I'd say perhaps with one or two rested yeah well we'll certainly keep an eye on that and I'm sure we'll discuss how the young players get on next week and you mentioned Wakefield there and we'll come back to them in a moment but one guy I just noticed there Pete still missing from the Leeds setup, Stevie Ward I see Stevie tweeted in the week that he was still having trouble with his concussion issues and it it doesn't look like he'll be coming back into the team anytime soon, unfortunately. 
Yeah, it, it's a real shame, isn't it? He, he's obviously had such rock, wretched luck with injuries. Yeah. Um, right since he, well, throughout his time in the first team, since he made his debut in 2012, he's had shoulder problems and he had a, a very serious knee injury. He had a, a knee injury which wiped out most of last year. Um, came back, was made captain, played one game and, and suffered a, a bang to the head, concussion and hasn't played since. Um, he's still got symptoms now. It's We're in what coming up to um, the start of October and the game he played was on February the 2nd. Yeah. So that shows how long it's been and how serious the situation is really. Something like a head injury, you just can't take chances. No. Um, and I, he's out of contract at the end of this season. Um, if Toronto get back up and running, he, he could very well end up there. But I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if we'll see him play for for Leeds again, which is such a shame because he's a he's a he's a good bloke, as as people say, and he's a very talented player. He's just had such awful luck with injuries. If he does go. To another club, let's hope that, that that brings a change of fortune and, and he can go on and show us all what he's all about because he's got massive potential. His injuries are meant he's not totally fulfilled that yet. He should be playing regularly for um, for England and that will happen if he can just get a, a, a run of matches in, um, in a team, whether it's at Leeds or, or somewhere else. He just needs to um, to put a run of games together and, and show them what he can do and and if he did that he'd certainly be a candidate for next year's um, World Cup but it's a real shame for him um, particularly after being named captain at the start of this season as well it was going to be a big year he's the Leeds' number 13 which is a bit of an iconic jersey that Leeds certainly in the Super League era and it's, it's sad that it's not worked out for him Yeah I'd certainly echo all of that you can obviously speak at greater depth about Stevie than I can, but you know from what I've seen as a as an observer of the game, you know he's a great player, and he always comes across as a great guy, good ambassador for his club and his family. And I think as we've said on here before, I, I can't really think of a more unlucky player in the Super League era than Stevie Ward. Every time he seems to turn a corner, uh, another door slams in his face, as it were. You know. Yeah. Even getting the captaincy in the 13 shirt didn't change the poor fella's look. You know, as soon as he got both of those, he suffered another injury, which wasn't in an area that had, ha- you know, happened to him before. You know, almost getting to the you-couldn't-make-it-up territory with poor old Stevie. But as you say, let's hope that he can get over these latest issues and, you know, make a recovery and get back to the game that he obviously loves playing and, you know, hopefully we will see him again, whether it's in a Rhinos journey or a, or a Toronto one. We we saw this week again that the decision on Toronto has been delayed for a month so they can gather more evidence, as it were, to present to the Rugby Football League for their readmission into our Super League, should I say, for their readmission into the competition next season. So that's still up in the air and obviously affecting a few other clubs around as well, isn't it? You know, the local championship clubs or whether they decide to run with 11 teams next season and, and take it from there. Uh, again, I think we'll probably discuss that at a later date. Yeah, I think it, I think it needs sorting as, as sooner rather than later, doesn't it? Last week's meeting, um, 
effectively adjourn the decision for four weeks and, and I hope they'll come back and, and make a decision then, preferably to, to include Toronto in the competition, but um, still not convinced that that's the way they're going to uh, they're going to go. We'll have to wait and see them all. Yeah. Just looking ahead to a couple of other Super League games, uh, Peter, Castleford and Hull on Thursday, that's a, a match-up of two. <laughs> Uh, strange teams this season, isn't it? They're, they're neither of them seem to be able to find some form or they, they get a win or a, run somebody close and then lose again. Um, almost impossible to call that, I suppose. Depends the old cliche who turns up on the night, I think, with that game. Yeah, I think so. Castleford have been very unlucky with, with injuries. They've got some more injuries this week to key players like um, Liam Watson... It's going to be a struggle for them. Um, having said that, they've been close in recent games without quite getting over the line. I thought they were very good in parts against Huddersfield last week. Yes. They can't quite string 80 minutes together, which I think is a, a legacy of, of all the injuries they've had. Uh, Danny Richardson, the half, is still out, but there's a chance Jake Truman could return, which will be a massive lift for them if he does. And I think they're capable of beating Hull. Hull are another team that that are good on the day, but can be absolutely woeful as well. They've also got some injury problems. But it, it might be, a, like you say, it's one of those that's very difficult to um, to predict. But Castleford at home, albeit without the crowd, that might swing it um, swing it their way. Certainly hope so because they need they need to get back to to winning ways and just start building some confidence. I think. Yeah. Then on Sunday, as we touched on before, waking playing Catalans, who'll be backing up from that game against Leeds, and uh, quite critical of Wakefield last week, and I think rightly so, how they've been playing since the lockdown finished. But uh, you know, I had to say I saw the game and I, I thought they had a really good go, and a lot of the things we talked about last week, players putting their body on the line, making an effort, playing for the coach Chris Chester. And, and putting some pride back for the fans. I think Wakefield did all that, and I think with a couple of the decisions went against them that maybe on another day wouldn't have done, and the scoreline would have been that bit closer, or maybe they would have gone on to win, who knows. But uh, certainly those two incidents, one where the Sam Powell, I think it was, appeared to drop the ball as he went to score the try. And then... Very diplomatic, that Richard appeared. <laughs> <laughs> well... We have to we have to be in this trade, don't we? We have to use words like appeared and allegedly <laughs> from time to time. But yeah, you know, I think that you know that was a very tough decision. And, and once, obviously, the referee James Child had given the decision on the field that he was going to award a try, uh, as I explained at the time, it's very difficult then for the video referee to overturn that. And then the other incident in the second half, I think it was Bill Tupu again two players jumping for the ball and it was hard to see whether it was not forward or not back. And uh, my old gripe about the video referee that we've said several times uh, over the months here, you know, that if there wasn't a video referee there, the attacking team might well have got the uh, benefit of the doubt there on a single viewing. But when you can slow it down to individual stills almost, you can eventually prove one way or the other or... Rather, you can't prove, so you haven't got enough evidence to overturn James Tyle's decision not to award the try on that occasion. 
But I think in fairness to the Wakefield players, uh, you know, they turned up, they showed that they wanted to play for Chris Chester, which was a doubt we had last week. And, uh, you know, they really were down to the, the, the last 17 players, weren't they? One of the guys, was it Matty Ashurst, was called off paternity leave to play for Wakey because they only had 16 on the Wednesday. And uh, he, he put in a good shift and, you know, as we've said before, Wakefield, play, Wakefield fans in general don't expect grand finals and Challenge Cup finals. It'd be nice if it happened. But as long as the team puts it in for the game and shows willing and, uh, you know, making an effort for the fans and, the, and, and, the, and for themselves as well, of course, then I think, you know, that goes a long way to make up for some of the bad performances we've seen recently. Mm, I just, yeah, I'd agree with that. I'd just, just say that it's not doing it once that counts, though, is it? It's doing it consistently two, three, four, five games in a row. Yeah. With Castellans playing on Wednesday, it's a good opportunity for Wakefield to go and get two points or to boost their win percentage, whichever way you look at it. Yeah. This They'll have to play better than they have been doing. Um, they've had a, a couple of hefty defeats by Catalans already this year in, in League and Cup, including a very embarrassing league defeat. They should have plenty of motivation. It's a game they're capable of winning if they get their act together. But let's let's just hope that they go and show the similar attitude um, to what was shown against Wigan for, for most of the game. I mean, they, they made a great start. Yeah. They were ahead for a, a while. They were well in well in it for most of the game and if they can play like that most weeks they'll they'll win as many as they lose but as I say it's, with Wake it's just a case of um, doing it consistently when they went close to beating all the other week we thought that perhaps they'd turned a corner and, and then they were pouring the game after that so you know let's let's see what this weekend brings but um, I hope for um, for Chris Chester's sake that it's a uh, uh, more like last week's performance than uh, some of the performances earlier in the season. Yeah, definitely. And again, we'll no doubt chat about those games next week. Um, notice as well, George King, the Wakefield forward, he's joined Hull KR this week. Uh, not much transfer news around this week, but he's gone there immediately, I think, as if um, from Wakefield. And, uh, yeah, that's right. He'd signed for them effectively from from next year but that, that's been been brought forward never really got a chance to show what he could do um at the mighty trin but spoke to him a few times he's a good bloke as well and uh wish him all the best at hulk air i hope he gets plenty of game time and um and gets himself established back in super league yeah yeah and tony smith uh, his coach i'm sure have a plan for him as well tony another one good at bringing players on uh, spotting them and shine, polishing them up. So, you know, good luck to George in the future. Uh, just a couple of things to finish off. James Graham, the uh, St. Helens forward, Peter, and obviously England, Great Britain International, has announced this week he's retiring from international rugby. I don't think it's a massive shock given his age and the number of games he's played, but it's still a shame, you know, when one of the greats of the modern era uh, decides to call it a day. Uh, been a great servant for club and country and obviously gone over to Australia and made a great name for himself there as well. Yep, yep, all true. Um, he was great for St Helens, wasn't he? Um, 
he's been excellent at test level and, and like you say he's one of the players who's gone over to Australia and shown that um, he can match it with their very best so um, good luck to him for um, for the future he's still playing on in Super League with St Helens and uh, I think he'll have an eye on a couple more uh, grand final victories before he um, he hangs up his boots yes yeah he's certainly uh... Well, he's won plenty of honours, hasn't he? But uh, you'd, you'd fancy Saints to go somewhere near again this season with Graham in the ranks. They can only be boosted by that. And just finally, this week, Peter, just to touch on the fact that they've said that no crowds will be allowed back in to watch rugby league or, or other sports from October the 1st, like we were hoping. And the Challenge Cup final, sadly, will be played behind closed doors as well. Not even a pilot crowd or anything being allowed into that, which... A devastating blow for fans and clubs and, and the finances, which of course we spoke about many times, how essential it is to try and get fans back in and money back uh, into clubs and to try and keep them going through the winter months. Yeah, it, it's really, really sad. I mean, we, we should have had um, crowds of a thousand at four of the games this weekend, which, oh, sorry, on on midweek, the midweek fixtures, the Tuesday and Wednesday fixtures this week, yes. including uh, Castleford against Hull and Leeds against Catalans. Because of the the um, tighter restrictions that came in last week, that's not going to happen. Um, it's, it's, it's a sickening blow for fans who are desperate to get out and see some live sport. And for, um, for clubs themselves, I know a lot of clubs have put a lot of effort into making sure their grounds would be um, COVID secure. Yeah. So they'll, they're gutted by the fact that it looks like we're not going to get crowds between now and the end of the season. Um, I think you could safely house a thousand people at a ground like um, Headingley or St Helens without too many problems. But obviously that, that's not the, the direction of travel at the moment. It's a real concern. We're now looking like, I mean, six months has been mentioned for the latest restrictions, hasn't it? Yeah. Once you take into next season, um, just the thought of next season starting without crowds is, is very worrying. I think questions have to be asked now if, if some clubs are going to survive or, or if sport will survive. It's not just rugby league, is it? Other, no. other sports, rugby union, cricket, football, all in a, a similar situation something has to be done to try and ensure we can get fans back into stadiums or clubs will die and we all know how important a sports club whether it's a rugby club or a football club is to its community we really don't want clubs to be going to the wall but i just fear that that's what's going to happen if things don't change fairly soon and, and there isn't a way found of generating some income for um, for clubs i know in National League football starts this weekend, doesn't it? The sort of top yeah. tier of non-league and clubs there are very worried about how they're going to pay players with no income. Um, and rugby league clubs are in a in a similar situation. We need to get fans back, um, not only for the finances, but the, as I've mentioned on here before, watching a game in an empty stadium and playing in a game in an empty stadium is a completely different experience um, the fans make the sport 
and it's just not the same now. It's not the same watching a, a behind closed doors game on TV. It's not the same being there, and and players will tell you it's not the same playing in it. So let's just hope we can have some positive news yeah. soon, and we can get fans back because that's what everybody wants and needs. Yes, I agree entirely, Peter. And I th- you know, I think it was a, a terrible blow. And from a personal point of view, as you've said there, I, I can't see why sports and not just rugby league, but union, football, cricket, horse racing, whatever you want to mention, there's surely enough space outside and enough space in the stands to get a certain number of fans through the door in a safe manner. Um, you know, to sit apart and and watch the game and, and get some money in. Obviously, that decision of the people in charge don't agree with that and have decided to go another way for now. But you worry not just for rugby league, especially with the way their season's set up, but other sports as well. You know, are fans going to buy season tickets if they don't think they're going to see any games or they're just going to keep the money in their pocket? Can some fans afford to buy season tickets anymore, given the havoc that the coronavirus has wreaked with the economy in general? Um, you know... Gareth Ellis was saying in his column in the Yorkshire Post on Sunday, um, or rather in Monday's edition, I was reading it on Sunday for Monday's edition, uh, that uh, you know, even he's starting to worry now about the future of the game, uh, you know, at Hull's level, that, you know, as he says, money keeps going out to pay players and to sort COVID tests and keep the game on the road, but there's none coming in other than, in effect, the TV income. Uh, which yep. is, again is going to be cut next season, and you know Gareth's Gareth's worried about that. And uh, you mentioned the National League there, and they seem to have come to some bizarre compromise in the non-league football, where people are allowed into the clubhouse to watch streamings of the game uh, and and buy a drink and so on, but they're not allowed to stand outside and watch the game live, which is <laughs> another mad twist in in this. Uh, what 2020 what coronavirus is causing you know that that seems mad to me anyway personally I just I, I can't see why you can't go and stand outside but you can all sit inside uh, yeah, and, and if, watch it on the TV if you go to the pub to watch a game and it kicks off at, at 8 o'clock uh, you're not going to get to see off at 8.15 you're not going to get to see the end of it because no. of the 10pm curfew yeah. so that's another thing but um, yeah. we're probably straying off topic a little bit there but the bottom line is we need the fans back. Well, from a positive point of view, things keep changing all the time. So maybe in, a, in another few weeks, things might change again and they might say, OK, the, the virus levels have dipped again, uh, you know, and start unlocking people a bit more again. Uh, but for now, that's, that's as it is. And, you know, we're re- really living day to day, week to week at the moment, aren't we? We can't think too far into the future. But hopefully yeah. one day the future will be brighter. And I think on that uh, mix now, Peter, I think we should call it a draw there for today. Um, Thanks again for your comments and insight. And uh, my weekly reminder that you can get the latest rugby league news from Peter's Twitter at PetersmithYEP or my own at RichardByronYEP or at YEP Sports Desk. Or in fact, the Yorkshire Evening Post website, yorkshireeveningpost.co.uk the latest rugby league news and views and match reports and reaction sports news in general and of course the very latest on the coronavirus and how it's affecting this area so for now we'll say goodbye thanks again to peter we'll see you all soon